Hey everybody, welcome to springtime. My name's Larry Jacobs. It's March, March 21st. Okay. Welcome to Free K-12 Education Talk Radio. And uh, springtime here in Maine, but we have five to eight inches of snow coming on uh, Saturday. So says the weather report. So spring is really kind of relative. Okay. But uh, we're going to have to another snow area today. We're going to go over to Denver. Thanks to my friends over at Discovery Education. Thank you, Stephen Wakefield. Okay, we have Bernard McCune. Bernard is the Associate Chief of Academics and also the Senior Executive Director for Career and College Success in Denver Public Schools. And we're going to talk today about how Denver Public Schools, all right, and you can use this information, is leveraging the ESSER funding to support student success and also sustaining that success. And again, that's a key thing. All right, we're going to talk about some of ESSER funding guides, et cetera, that you can use. And then again, you'll hear it from Bernard on how uh, they're using it so that it all works. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, A-C-E-E-D.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education, something we really believe in. We publish a magazine called Equity and Access, that is an online journal. And you can see it at a-ed.org. Everything we do is free over there for you. All of our podcasts are over there. As I said, we'll archive this one over there as well. And um, we really put out a lot of good information on this. We try to really focus on equity and access so that every student gets the uh, the education and opportunity that they deserve. So please join with us. Again, it's all free over at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on Bernard. And Bernard, I'm going to ask you a question. How do you want me what, How do you want me to do? I'm Larry. What do you want me to call you? Bernie, Bernard, Mr. McCune, Dr. McCune? Tell me, Bernard. You know what? Bernard is just fine because that's the name my parents gave me. <laughs> And that is what I shall call you, Bernard. Welcome to today's show. Thank, Thank you for you being so here. Thank you so much, Pat. Thanks for the opportunity. Are you kidding me? It's my pleasure. And as I always love to do, how's the weather out in Denver? I'm in Maine. How's the weather in Denver today? I imagine it's fairly spring-like, but I don't know. It is. I think we are, uh, it's supposed to be 58, 60 degrees today and sunny. Wow. <laughs> I envy you. I envy you. Indeed, did you get a lot of snow this year? Usually you don't. You're high desert. What's the word out there? Right. Um, so we we got more snow in the mountains than normal. And we might have gotten more, more snow than normal, but I'm originally from Chicago, so we don't get <gasps> near the snow that, you know, uh, a place <laughs> like Chicago gets so. You you are absolutely right. I lived in Chicago. My kids were born there for uh, 13 years. Where'd you live? I uh, grew up on the near north side, and by the time I left, I lived in Beverly. So I, I literally lived on the north side of the city and far south as well. There, there you go. And I, I, I we lived on the far north side of the city, up at 6700 North by Loyola. So there you go, not too far apart. Okay, Rod, Rod, Rogers Park, a good friend of mine. Um, exactly. Uh, was the alderman up there? You're, who was it? Moore. I don't know. 
I don't know him, but we loved our alderman when I was there. Uh, Dave, I can't remember his last name. I was hoping you were going to say it. And uh, just a great guy. And, uh, that's cool. That's really fun. All right? Yeah, Rogers Park is a pretty good part of the world, I got to tell you. Okay? And again, I want to thank, and I'm sure you work with Discovery. Discovery's created an ESSER funding guide, all right, to help school leaders. And that's why we're here today to talk about what you guys are doing in Denver. And I think it's great and it's fun to talk to a fellow Chicagoan. All right, it, it really is. Talk to me about your position over there, Bernard, Associate Chief of Academics and Senior yeah. Executive Director for Career and College Success. I think that's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So so, those, just talk those, what you do all those, day. Yeah. Yeah. So those are roles that I, I held here in uh, Denver Public Schools. And my focus now is really as the Executive Director of Extended uh, Learning academics oh. and athletics that um, looks at how we, how we make sure that we align our in-school and out-of-school offerings and supports for students that lead to success. And so we understand as a, a school district that we want to make the most out of all the time that we have with our students which is in-school time and out-of-school time. And ESSER has allowed us to, 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 to jumpstart a lot of that and to think about it in some different ways. Well, when you say out-of-school time, are you talking about athletic teams, or what does that mean? Define that one. Well, so um, after-school Saturdays, yeah. um, you know, there are uh, just a lot of times that as a school district or when we work with partners um, that uh -huh, this sure. time, not doing the traditional school day, that students have access and opportunity to things that can help them be successful uh, in their lives. And that's what, you know, um, as educators in schools, what we want is to make sure that students have great life outcomes. Absolutely. 24-7 learning. You're not going to learn everything in school. You can take advantage of great stuff outside. I just wanted to find out what that definition was. That, 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 that's absolutely excellent. All right? And so, wow. I think, you know, I want to ask you, and I don't know this, what's the demographics of, of Denver Public Schools these days? Well, so um, – we have about 90,000 students. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, of those students, uh, about 63% of them are free and reduced um, lunch. And, um, you know, about 12.5% are students with um, disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we have about a third or maybe say 36% of our students are um, English, English language learners. Wow. Wow. How diverse. How interesting. Well, how many languages are spoken in the schools, do you know? What, th there are... Um, Got to be tons. Yeah, there are tons, and so our, our top, say, 
10 languages are Spanish, Arabic, Vietnamese, <laughs> wow. Lombard, Somali, French, Nepali, Chinese, Mandarin, uh, Russian, and Russian. Yeah. Wow. And what percentage of the district is Latino versus African-American versus Caucasian? Do you know? Uh, so, yeah, I, I do. Roughly our demographics, um, there are about 60% or so of our students are um, Latino, um, about hmm. Wow. About 18, almost 20% are African-American and almost 20% are Caucasian. Wow. Wow. Good, diverse district. That's why I always love that city. Okay, that's really cool. You know, it's interesting. Latino population must have picked up over the last few years. Okay, it wasn't always 65% or so Latino in Denver. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and I I think I, I was having this discussion with a colleague who's actually in Minnesota, about the fact that um, sometimes the demographics in our schools located in cities all the time mirror the demographics of the city as a whole. Yeah, okay. well put, absolutely right. It's a, it's really it's it's really interesting, and the change and all school districts go through these changes demographically, and that includes smaller school districts, rural school districts. Things are changing out there. Okay, we have to yeah, make sure yeah, that, we're, that we're teaching every kid, and it's hard to do because it, it, you know, it falls on the teachers to do that. Of course, the administrators, but the teachers on a on a on a daily basis. Okay, and kids come in from different cultural backgrounds, language difficulties, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, as the old line is, it ain't your daddy's Oldsmobile anymore. Okay. Things have changed, and when school district really steps up and does well with it and really cares. And what you said at the beginning, your job, you know, it's not just what happens in school because you're dealing with a lot of different cultures. It's what happens out of school too, okay? And if you can coordinate that, which is your job, I think that's a great job, that, that makes all the difference in the world. That's, yeah, it, it just works. It, it's it's just going to work. Yeah, you know? and so um, I get a – I've been in education for um, a number of years, um, a a few decades, Uh, but I have a daughter who is a a fifth-grade teacher. Uh, And so she's a second-year teacher. And so um, just gives me a great insight as well as all the interacting I do with other teachers and leaders around um, the opportunity and challenges that we face today as opposed to when I was in school or when I first started my career in education. Yeah, and actually, we're going to get into yes or funding in a second, but I just have to ask you this. It's such a great insight. You were trained to be a teacher, I'll say, 25 years ago. I'm approximating there, Bernard. Okay, and your daughter – was trained much more, obviously, much more recently, okay? And when you talked to her, okay, about the way she was trained to be an educator in today's schools versus the way you were trained to be an educator and me many, many years before that, okay, what, what was the difference? Did, was there a difference in the way she was trained as opposed to the way you were trained? I don't know if you actually talked about that, but I'm just curious. Well, I, I think um, there's some obvious things like the – the better use 
of technology, and I think over uh, and recently we have um, have a healthy respect and knowledge for how SEL um, yep. Yep. needs to be addressed and uh, impact student learning. And so I, I think um, some, you know, those are are, are, are some of the, the differences. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to love students and have high expectations for them, and um, you have to believe in them sometimes even before mm-hmm. they believe in themselves because mm-hmm. once they do believe in themselves, they can do anything. So you got that, that part right. Yeah, that, 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 that is so well put, I have to tell you, and I hope your daughter was trained to believe in those kids that she's teaching. Is she in Denver, by the way? Actually, is she in Denver? She is. Denver. Good she for is. you. That that's great. Okay, I wish her the I wish her the best and you're the best on that. Let's talk about the yes or from sorry. Well, um, how how are the Denver public schools? You when, when you look at the ESSER funding, how are they using it to support what you do, student success, etc.? How, how's it all working out, ESSER? Yeah, so ESSER um, for um, us is something we knew it was coming, and so. Um, we did a lot of planning uh, with and ha- had focus groups, um, uh, actually a little bit more than um, focus groups, but we, we did a, um, a six-week uh, planning session that included teachers and input from students and you know, principals, and then community around what are some of the things um, that they thought we needed to propel student huh. success. What were some of the things wow. that were uh, missing that we would uh, like to do, and then we went about um charting and plotting out those things to see where we could um you know fill some gaps and effort for us has been an opportunity sure. to get that collective thought process to implement some things and then um you know things that were research based to figure out if we could have the success that we 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 hope to have. So. I have to ask you, because you just described some of those disparate groups, all concerned about education, but different groups. They have different eyes, different points of view, okay? And I don't know if you remember or can just think of it on the top of your head, but when you ask the kids what they, what they wanted to do with the funds, was that the same thing that the teachers wanted to do with the funds, the same thing that the adults wanted to do with the funds? How, what were the different answers, if you just think of those? That, that's right. I have a smile on my face as I ask that question. Yeah, and and so um, there was a wide array of answers, but when you would boil them down to that least common denominator, um, students and educators really wanted some things that were 
engaging. They both talked about, um, to a sense, I think, academic freedom. They also talked about Hmm. things that were relevant to them and led to success. And so um, it, it, it was a good and interesting way to do it, I think, when when we talk about those different stakeholders, mm-hmm. they actually have the same goal when you talk about student success. I think that um, each of them, and unfortunately we do a lot of this in education too, has buzzwords oh, and yeah. a certain vernacular that um, we might use uh, where one group, we're saying the same things, but we're yeah, using yeah, a different point. language, so we yep. actually don't get it. And so part of it is translating all that information into a cup people can drink out of that actually that. leads to student success. Right. We're, we're all talking the same thing. We're just saying it differently. Okay. And what, what in the end, in the end result, okay, when you look at it, what, what, I'll just ask the simple question. What did you decide to lead the students' student success? Well, um, a number of things. So one is trying to make – if students are engaged uh, and have a quest for learning, mm-hmm. um, Great. they'll be successful. And so one of the things is uh, I truly believe if you ask people – um, what they want and need, they'll actually tell you. And so it's just listening. So some of the stuff that we've used Esther for is to make sure that um, we had things like summer camps or um, summer programming that uh, had exponential learning in it that had what we call, we had a we funded a program called Summer Connections for elementary students that um, had a focus on literacy and math, but also science, and there was a part of it that was called Genius Time, where students got to pick and do robotics and uh, a, mm-hmm. a number of, of of other things. We also did, funded, um, like, NASA science camps. Uh, for students, we have done things like um, tutoring, high-impact tutoring. Yeah, um, I'm just going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, for students um, to mitigate some of the impact of the pandemic, but also not for remediation, but acceleration. And mm-hmm. so, well, well make sure that students have and are are able to have grade-level texts and tasks and get to that material so that all the opportunities that, you know, a district or a city has, that they can actually partake in them. We've also used ESSER funding to, um, you know, help kids with um, college exploration and uh, some of those things and supports around that, also an investment in SEL. And um, when you talk about student success, 
um, you know, um, we've made sure that we're able to retain staff and have the consistency that, um, you know, students need. So, um, yes, a a number of, of different things because when we talked to our stakeholders, there were a number of just needs and, and, and things that um, that they brought up. And so ESSER is just a tremendous and unique opportunity yeah. um, for us and other districts to, you know, explore some things that they might not have thought of and actually implement some of the things that we learn through, um, you know, a pandemic, something that only happens every hundred years or so. We hope. We hope. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it every thousand years, as a matter of fact. It was pretty yeah. it was pretty gruesome and pretty pretty brutal brutal, especially I have to say, on on the populations that dominate your school district, Latino folks and African American folks. And that people forget, you know, most most people live through it, but the, those groups lost a lot of people. There was a lot of hurt. Okay? Just yeah. It, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's a lot to come out of. It's not just the closing of schools. It's the losing of friends and relatives and people you know, you know, and it, yeah. it really makes it, 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 it's really hurtful. It was really, yeah. really hurtful, I've got to tell you. And that's why the yeah. SEL, yeah, Go ahead, please, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very impactful. I lost my father during the oh, pandemic. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. To, to COVID. And so, uh, there was the impact of the loss of family members, but also um, the loss of um, livelihood for uh, a lot of families and, and students. So um, as a district and, a, and a, a country, I think we understand better now the social-emotional supports that are yeah. needed for students, but also staff. I was just going to. We were just going to. I was just going to bring that up. Staff as well. Okay, go ahead. Continue your thought if you want. Yeah. No. I. I was just going to say because, um, you know, I love the people. So I. I love and um, being able to support students to be successful and to be whatever their dreams are. And I love the people who love them. And um, nice. a lot of those nice. people we call teachers. And so <laughs> you can't. Yes, we do. Yes, yeah, we do. You can't, um, you know, um, be a, a, a blessing, a support to others unless you're a blessing to yourself. So we have to make sure that all our educators and our staff that are in schools and school districts are in the best possible place for themselves when you talk about those social-emotional supports because they are not only in the most needed profession, in my estimation, but also the one where they have to give the most. So it's a selfless profession if you do it right. And so you have to 
you know, think about and pour into others. But you you got to be in a great space to do that. So we looked at um, SEL supports for students, families, yeah. and staff as well. Yeah, it's just it's just so important. And, you know, as you list all those things, all right, summer learning, SEL, all those kind of things, as you look at it, Bernard, how, just in your, in your opinion, and the anecdotal opinion to me is extremely important. Of course, we also have data. But how are things working out, okay, A, so far, and B, can we sustain it for the future? Yeah, so um, that summer program I talked about, Summer Connections, yeah. um, we have data on it because uh, it ran last year, and we are um, running it again this year. Good. That says students who actually were a part of Summer Connections did not experience any of the summer slide that is oh, typical wow. for uh, students across the country. And so, um, you know, those things um, have worked. And when it comes to sustainability, I think one of the most wonderful things about working in a school district is, you know, our funding um, is comes year to year and is approved year to year because it flows from the uh, federal government to the states right. and then the district. So because of that, we have an opportunity every year to go through budget prioritization and um, to look at the things that are most impactful for students and for schools and the fund them. And so that means even when ESSER dollars go away, we have to do a serious yeah. review. And, you know, district yeah. to do yeah. this every year around a reflection and an evaluation around what is most impactful for students and then fund those things. And so that might mean some of these things that we did fund with ESSER um, will continue and we have to make um, the tough or right decisions of yeah. what we fund and what we don't fund. Um, we have to fund the things that are most impactful for student success. That is our obligation. And so um, the obligation is not to do uh, what we've always done um, if it's not working. We have to, to, yep. to fund and do things that work. That's right. And the data, the data is really going to matter because, you know, the ESSER, the ESSER funds were, a gift, if I may, I mean, they're important, but they're a gift. Okay, but they're not going to last forever. And it gave us all the school districts gave us all the opportunity, all right, to actually measure what we needed. Okay, and we things have changed since the pandemic. As I said, it's the old line: "It ain't your daddy's Oldsmobile anymore." Okay, and the fact of the matter is, they're shifting priorities out there. All right, and and when we can see the result of something like the summer learning, which I which I, I think is incredibly important. I just did a podcast last week about this. Okay, I'll send it to you so you can listen to that since you're so involved in it, Bernard. Okay, and it was really, really interesting. You know, yeah, because 
this has been going on. We, we know there's a summer slide. It's been going on for how many years now? Okay, since we were both kids. All right. But the fact of the matter is we just kind of accepted that. And then the pandemic brought it all to the forefront again. And we realized we can't have this anymore. This is absurd. We know something's not working, and yet we don't do it. So, again, it's a shifting of priorities to make things work, okay? And if it works, you know, we've we got to just make it happen, okay, and, and stop supporting stuff that wasn't working, all right, because we're going to come down to a choice. It's not, and nobody's given us another bucket of money, at least for a while, okay? It's going to be a choice and a budgetary choice, and we've got to do what works. And I'll tell you, if we do that, Teachers are going to be less frustrated. They're going to be much happier in their job. Kids love to learn, okay? The more rigorous we are with kids, the more happier they are, okay? So the fact that we can keep that going in this summertime, okay, whenever summer hits at the different school districts, those long breaks, it's going to work. I mean, it's just, yeah. just that simple. You know, you just went through this, and – you know, we're talking to a lot of school districts today on the on the podcast. Uh, what's your best advice? Would your best advice be to just sit down with all the stakeholders, measure it out, and see what happens? I mean, what what, what did you learn from all this? Yeah, so I learned from when you talk about ether just public education yeah. that. Um, Again, there are a lot of stakeholders who all have the same goal. And so if we can get together and get in a room or, or rooms and actually um, talk to each other to um, understand instead of respond so um, that there are a lot of great things that we can come up with um, together. And so um, my advice for um, school districts or anybody would be to engage all of the bright, passionate people around education. Um, And, again, if you ask students, if you ask parents, if you ask communities, what they want and need, they'll actually tell you. And so you can't assume um, and make decisions um, for people without their input um, because it's just not right and, and, and fair and it doesn't respect um their their knowledge their experience and self efficacy here here my friend boy this was great bernard thank you for being with us today i appreciate your insights i really do my friend thank you for the opportunity and oh, are you uh, kidding? I, I i look forward to 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 listening uh so um, i'm going to send you that you. podcast from last week I'll send you this one as well, but I'm going to send you the podcast from last week. So you can listen to that. It's all about, and, it, and it's up on, it's up, I just don't remember the date, but I'll get it. I'll put it up on here. Okay. But it's really, um, it was last week sometime. All right. It's just interesting oh. how 
we can we can make things better. And you're doing that in Denver. And I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Bernard. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Okay, Bernard McCune. Bernard, good guy. Denver Public Schools, and I had a different title, but he's really involved with this out-of-school stuff. It's really, really excellent, okay? He's executive director. I I didn't write it down, but he was the associate chief of academics and senior executive director for career and college success. Now he's taking that to the out-of-school time and directing that with all the partners who are involved, okay, in keeping kids learning as much as we can, okay? There's no reason why not. All right. it's just, it helps everybody. All right. And please go over. I have it linked here on site. Uh, Discovery Education. Thank you, Stephen. Okay. Has created a special ESSER funding guide to help school leaders make decisions about how to use this great funding. And it's, it's linked up here. All right. As you're, as you're looking at your screen. All right. That, that's that link. Okay. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.